And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, the opening of the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Dvarim, the fifth book of the book of Moses, and the last of the five books of Moses. Our topic this week, on teaching. Full disclosure, I am uh, well aware that Rabbi Sachs' article for this week is the leader as teacher, and some of my comments this week are inspired by his words over the course of many years in reading many articles and hearing many lectures from him on that specific subject. Although I'd like to sort of broaden it out and really focus in on the concept of the leader as teacher and the idea of teaching. The skeptic or the cynic might look at the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy or at the whole of the book of Deuteronomy and the full set of speeches that Moses gives as some way of spin. I say that with great trepidation, but I remember years ago giving a class on one of the books in the prophets, and there was a gentleman in the audience who was the classroom skeptic and cynic. And any time we were trying to either paint a picture of positivity, or to move away from viewing something in a negative light, he always went back to sort of this mob mentality about it, or this, um, what one one might call, um, someone who was looking for the negative side of the story, always. And... Every time, we could turn to him and say, how do you spin this? And he would spin it a certain way, very negatively, conspiratorial in nature. And one could do that, except for the fact that the book of Deuteronomy is not simply just a recounting or a spin of events that took place, but it's certainly an expansion of, or more perhaps acutely, a perspective and a point of view that Moses is bringing to this moment. To give it a parallel, if one could, from a more recent text. It's not so recent from our perspective, but it is recent in a certain sense. One can look at George Washington's farewell address. When Washington retired from public life and he did not seek a third term but ended after a second term, he issued a very long and very powerful presentation, speech, article, letter, however you want to deem it, explaining his reasoning and explaining his thinking and not seeking it. But more beyond that, what Washington does is that he thanks the people for their, the opportunity to lead them. He shows a sense of real appreciation and gratitude for having been entrusted with the future and the beginnings of leadership in the nation in America. But beyond that, somewhere in like paragraph six or seven, he would be remiss, basically, by not offering some reflection and some observation for all that he has experienced, certainly from the vantage point from which he has experienced it, and to go to the grave with those lessons, with those ideas, with those thoughts, would be detrimental to the people and to the country and would be most unfortunate to sort of keep those to himself. 
And for one to read through all of Washington's farewell address, one would see all of his different observations with respect to government, with respect to leadership, with respect to foreign policy, a lot of things in there. But one gets the sense that he is looking back and reflecting on specific moments and specific events and only thinking and speaking about those things. And to sort of then play it back into Moses, Moses seems to be doing exactly the same thing. He is not recounting all of history. He's recounting specific moments. And he's not recounting every aspect of those stories and those incidents, but rather specific telling points that he's bringing up. In fact, in some cases, he's bringing up new details that we were not aware of before. And it's not simply to change the story, but with respect to appreciating where he is in his life at this moment and where the people are at this moment, he's teaching. And so as Rabbi Sachs sort of describes, it's a radical shift in the nature and the notion of leadership to becoming the great teacher of the people in this moment, you know, some 40 days before he passes on, some 60 days to 90 days before the people themselves go into the land without him with a new leader under the leadership of Joshua. And so Moses shifts to some degree into the mode of being the teacher of the people. He's been teaching them for decades at this point. But in this way, sort of grandly and publicly for the entire nation at one time, he's become the leader as teacher. And so it's vital that leaders, whether it's a leader in an office space, leader of a team, leader in a home, understand and appreciate the idea that teaching is part of leading and that the best leaders are great teachers. And if a person wants to be a great leader, then they must become a great teacher. Why? Because as it's written in an article in Inc. Magazine by Gordon Treadgold, who is the CEO of Leadership Principles, a really interesting uh, writer and speaker and presenter, sort of the why of it is this. Simply holding on to those lessons and not sharing them is not valuable. But by being a great teacher, one brings out the best in others. The best lessons, certainly my experience in teaching was sort of this way as well. As much as I like to share a good idea, it was much more meaningful and much more powerful and certainly more valuable for the student when the ideas were elicited and were culled and pulled out of the students from their conversation, from their interaction, from their disagreement, from their discussion. And so being a great teacher allows you to bring out the best in others. Additionally, it allows you to inspire and creates the opportunity to inspire trust among the team, that it's a notion, an opportunity of teaching. It's a learning moment rather than simply, you know, sticking it to someone or a gotcha moment. It's a teaching moment. And so being the manager in the team, as he goes on in the article, is not the same as being the leader or the teacher. You can manage, you're the manager by virtue of your title, as Bill Campbell would say often in the book Trillion Dollar Coach, but you're the leader because the people make you the leader. And one of the ways that you become the leader is by being a great teacher. You're fostering and creating great culture. You're fostering reflection, introspection, growth, betterment, and improvement, which is exactly what Washington was sort of doing. Yes. It's not the perfect model, let's say, because it's fairly a frontal presentation. It's a lecture. It's a, it's a speech. So it doesn't have the mode of flipping the classroom or any sort of the modern-day uh, accoutrements of the classroom or even the use of technology. 
But really what's going on here is, as Peter Senge says in Fifth Discipline, leader as teacher is not about teaching people how to achieve their vision. It's about fostering learning for everyone. Such leaders help people throughout the organization develop systematic understanding. This is the person who's creating an atmosphere, who's creating an environment, who's creating a culture of learning, fostering the learning of others, getting people to invest in their learning, in their study, in their growth, in their betterment, in their introspection, makes everyone better. That's how, by being a great teacher, you become a great leader, because you're leading the people into further, into greater ways of accomplishment. And that's very much what Moses is trying to do. It's very much what we are all probably trying to do and to strive for. And it's very important that we sort of approach it from the perspective, well, how do we do that? How does that develop? What are the practical steps of trying to become a great teacher along with being a great leader? I remember many years ago, there was a, uh, a rabbinic friend of mine, a rabbinic colleague of mine, who would invite young leaders in his community into the decision-making process. So if he had a significant decision to make on a serious issue, even if it was a religious or a, you know, a legal religious matter, he'd invite them into the conversation. He'd share the question with them. He'd pepper them with questions about it. He'd seek out their input. Whether or not he took it into consideration in the decision itself was immaterial. He was building and fostering better leadership by being a better and even a far greater teacher for those people. And so we want to sort of be in that mode. There's a great article that appeared in the Harvard Business Review by Sidney Finkelstein called The Best Leaders Are Great Teachers. I think it's from 2018. And so what he talks about is very important from the beginning to appreciate that teaching is integral as a responsibility of leading. It's not an extra. It's not an afterthought. It's not second. It's not third. It is an integral piece of what makes the DNA of great leadership. Then it's a question of, well, when's, what's the when, what, and how of that? How does that work? So the what of it is sort of trying to go towards what, what, what he calls unforgettable lessons. With respect to being a leader in a work environment, it really could be in any environment, communal, religious, personal, home, whatever they may be, there's sort of unforgettable lessons with respect to professionalism, how to go about being a person in this space. Secondly, about points of craft, in terms of, you know, good trade craft, how to do certain things in this space, in this way, not just simply presenting a certain way, presenting yourself a certain way, but presenting content and material in that way. And then, of course, beyond that, unforgettable lessons are always life lessons. They're beyond the space of work uh, or play, but they're life lessons. A person with experience and history who's been through a lot has much to impart. And so those life lessons are no less important than the professionalism lessons or the points of craft lessons. What's also crucial is very much the timing of when these lessons take place. Because the leader is in a mindset of teaching, so they should be mindful of the moments for when these things come up. Those are typically called teachable moments. Some of them are manufactured moments, if it's a company-wide presentation, or around the table at home where there's an opportunity to sort of manufacture the conversation, raise an interesting question, impart some wisdom, impart some experience. Others are teachable moments. Something arises sort of out of nowhere. The leader is paying attention, 
mindful of what's going on and then imparts the teachable wisdom from that moment. And then there's an effort in sort of working to perfect the timing of these lessons, to when to then also impart other ideas when they come up. Is it immediately? Is it on the spot? Is it when the person makes the mistake? And then sort of the question then becomes, if I understand the what of it, the unforgettable lessons idea, and the timing of it, which is sort of the when, what's the how? So the first part of the how is really, again, holding this as a core value of leadership. Two is really modeling this. So being a person who seeks out great teachers, sharing that with people that you're always seeking out good learning and good ideas and advice from great teachers, from mentors, that's the modeling part of it. So first is the core value idea. Second is the modeling. Really then for a third is asking great questions, being curious, asking great questions when things arise, being a person of learning to create a culture of learning and to lead by learning and to lead by teaching. Those are all sort of connected to each other. One has to be a person who's interested in that. So asking great questions, being super duper, that's not even a great term, but being really curious about different things that are going on. Whether Again, if it's a work environment, questions about different products, different ideas, different thoughts, listening deeply to what people are sharing with you, asking second level or third level questions to the things that they're bringing up, and then customizing the instruction, really going to town on the idea of, I really want to impart this. How do I do that? What's the best way to do that? Is that a company-wide conversation? Is that around a table? Is it an article? Is it a letter? Is it a PowerPoint? Is it a video? Is it an audio session of this something similar to this? How do I want to go about doing that? Which really makes it the best, because not everybody is a frontal teacher presenter. Some people are writers. Some people are great with content in other ways. You know, even if it's a short, pithy post on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, that would that could work. But it's sort of to become not just a, really a subject expert, but it's more about being a person who's a teaching expert. And by repeat, becoming a teaching expert, you become a teaching expert by being a learning expert. Someone who's focused in it, someone who wants to grow and learn in that way. So these are the ways that a person becomes a great teacher, and by virtue of becoming a great teacher, can really move into a space of becoming a great leader. I challenge you to think of the people in your life you view as a great leader, and then see whether or not they were also a great teacher. I expect that that's the case. In my life, the people who I look back on and think of them as great leaders, for me, they were also great teachers. And the people who, a lot of this case, where people think that they were great leaders, they didn't really teach very much. They didn't really use their platform or their, you know, their bully pulpit to really teach and to lead by virtue of the teaching, to really invite people into the conversation by virtue of leading through the teaching. That's exactly what Moses is trying to do. That's exactly what Moses is directing towards that's what Washington was doing there in the farewell address, and that's really very much what we want to be doing as well in our own lives. We want to lead through teaching. We want to lead through learning to impart growth, to impart the opportunity to reflect, the opportunity to improve, the opportunity to introspect and move forward into higher and greater heights in our own lives. That's Coaching with the Bible for this week. See you next week.